Hey, welcome to season two, episode number 44, where we actually sit down and talk with Marshall Gillen, also known as Marshall Live, and we really discuss deep down into his life, his journey as an entrepreneur, and where we, where he started out as a 14-year uh, bartender, and the challenges that he truly had in overcoming addiction with drugs and alcohol, and... Um, imposter syndrome and it was just a, a very action-packed and inform informative episode so instead of me talking let's jump into this and get to know marshall gillen hello everyone and welcome to the forging life podcast i am the host trey Ryder, and the forging life podcast is about hardships parenting entrepreneurship and the struggles that we deal with every single day. We will have many interviews with special guests and you can actually see some of these interviews on YouTube and you can even join the discussion by heading over to Facebook and typing up Forging Life Podcast and join our page. You guys, thank you so much for coming in and I hope you enjoy season number two of the Forging Life Podcast. Preparing to live stream the meeting. Woo Get this thing going. Just make sure that we are going here so I can watch the comments as needed. Oh man, it's so delayed on my computer. <laughs> That's all right. All right. So anyways, man, I really do. I appreciate you. Like I said, just yeah, man. giving us of the course. time be, before course, we end dude. up starting this whole thing. But dude, not you, a problem at all, man. You might see my little sticky wall back. I, I did. And that's my <laughs> shit. Like that's what my walls. I mean, they're all over my wall. Uh, so I was checking that out already. That's yeah, all my my videos update my website. What Hell videos yeah. I got to do, what stuff I need to do for my group. It, Bro, let's just, go. Yeah. But anyways, let me, let me, okay. <laughs> you got to have a battle wall, man. It, if you 100%. guys are listening, I don't know if anybody's on. Yes. Yeah, oh, are we, are somebody, we rolling? Somebody watching just on Facebook, but we haven't actually oh. kicked off the podcast. Uh, oh, what's up, Facebook? Yet, so. <laughs> hey, if you guys are coming back <laughs> and watching this on replay, what's up? I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know uh, we were on. <laughs> it's interesting though that you say that though, bro, because um, my wall is like literally full of, post-it notes everything that i want to manifest and like you know three years ago if i would have heard whatever we're about to talk about now come out of my mouth i would have laughed in my face and been like this guy is nuts but i'm just saying like right in the other day i was looking at my post-it notes and i was just thinking like i'm constantly trying to figure out like, how to be more playful in my life like how to just enjoy more of life and i and i think try to think of myself as a kid and then i looked at those post-it notes and i was like those are kind of like an adult version of like posters from back in the day you know what i mean like you used to have like your your favorite player or your car or whatever your, your superhero up on your on the wall and i don't have those things now but it's like i have these post-it notes of kind of the same thing it's uh these ideas that you want that you think are so cool you know and i don't know i, I thought that was kind of yeah. cool so when i saw your post-it notes i was like fuck that's dope dude what you got back there dude it, it's like if you're sitting here watching on facebook right now first and foremost drop a hashtag live just so i know that you guys are here listening but we're talking yeah. about 
my battle wall, which is right behind me right now. We haven't even kicked off the podcast episode yet. Um, I know, I don't want to say too much. Even, maybe this will even be part of it just because, and that's all Hold right. Hold up but, in there, man. Let's um, do it. And that's the thing. I, I love genuine conversation, but yeah. ultimately there's so much that goes on inside your head. And yeah. if you don't put it down somewhere and because my wife and kids are gone right now, I have the opportunity yeah. to paint my wall. Yeah. So in, instead of my kids taking crayons to it, I can right. take the stickies to it right now. But. It's interesting. <laughs> like, like I, I for, for the listeners, like there's two things that you just mentioned that I think a lot of people will skip over that they don't even realize, but like two massively important things. I, like, I don't care what you do if like you're an employee or, or an entrepreneur it's like first thing you said is that oh first off let me say this trey were you always the person that was like oh i don't need to write things down i got it right up here i can remember it all up here right and there was something i don't know why it took me so long but finally i was listening to a tony robbins uh video a couple of years ago now and he was talking about your to-do list and he talks about the Pareto principle which is just the 80 20 rule and basically what he was saying is is uh um, he was talking about like how to get things out of your head, how to brain dump them. And it's what it made me originally grab a journal. And I was always, always, always the person that was like, bro, I don't need to write that down. Like I got, I'll remember, I, I remember everything, but it's like, Tony said, it's like, when you just write it down and many people have said, but when you just write it down and you get it out of your head, one thing is it's literally an electric thought that travels through your arm and through the pen and through the ink and on the paper and becomes physical reality. But the other thing is it's like a, a physical brain dump. It's a way for you just to get everything to put down that mental suitcase and just be like, ah. Oh. And I think that so few people realize the power. We all hear about journaling and I don't know if everybody really understands how to do it or what scripting really is or writing down these thoughts, but it's so massive. And you're like, that's what you just said. And the second part of what I noticed is uh, alone time. Like taking a minute in a busy schedule to find time for yourself, no matter what, whether you're a parent, um, an entrepreneur, whatever, anywhere in between, it's like, you're like the wife and the kids are gone. And all of a sudden I had these ideas and I just had to flow them. And so it's like, look how much more productive. I think anybody that's been watching you lately, Trey, would see over the last couple of months, how much dialed in you've gotten and how clear your intentions have gotten and the way that you're showing up and leading other people and helping them change their lives. And it's like, you can only do that when you get your thoughts out of your head, you get clear and you have a little bit of some time to yourself to plan and think. And so I just thought that was cool. I didn't want anybody to miss over that. Like, yo, that that's leadership right there. Just those two things alone, you know? You know, one of the things that you talked about is having that, that clear space. And this is one thing um, that, you know what? Maybe we'll talk about, I, I already started, so I'll go ahead and say it. So uh, for those of you that are still sitting here watching on Facebook, thank you for jumping on here. This is just a, a live stream directly of me uh, doing an interview, but we haven't even kicked off the inter interview yet with Marshall Gillen. And the thing is, you're seeing some of the back behind the scenes things because you're part of the Forging Life uh, podcast group. So you get the direct access um, when I'm able to do this. So um, thank you guys for hanging out with us and getting into what I was saying. You were talking about uh, having that alone time. So one of the things that I have on my radar, my forward thinking is um, I'm going to be setting up a retreat and yeah. it's going to be a productivity retreat where we're going to do a little bit of training, but it might be for like two hours and there's going to be like some meetup times, but in between there's going to be entrepreneurs, my, my vision, entrepreneurs, maybe you're a parent, maybe you, you're an author and you want to go write a book, right? You don't have any set schedule. Hey, we're going to do this for entrepreneurs. We're going to build your bit. No, 
This is about straight functionality and getting stuff done. That's what this retreat, my, my vision is for this retreat where we get to actually come together, build that camaraderie and also have a major productive week because these like-minded individuals coming together, you also be able to actually have that help say, Hey man, I'm stuck here. Where can I go with this? Right. And then also, you know, have the, the time where we can end up having dinner and who knows, maybe it's a bonfire, just something to be able to really just come together as a group. So that's my yeah. forward thinking. Um, if you guys are sitting here, you're watching on Facebook right now, let me know what you think on that, because um, I would love to, to know if that's of interest to anybody out there. So that being said, let me go ahead and kick this off real quick with the quick Let's introduction. Do it, bro. <laughs> All right. So. Thank you guys for being here. I would like to welcome you all to the Forging Life podcast. And I am so fortunate to be able to speak to a good friend of mine today, Marshall Gillen, who has ultimately just helped, honestly, myself grow and many of the people that I've had on the podcast already. Mm. Uh, one of the names that I sit here and speak of is Bryce McKinley, who oh, up, uh, Bryce? definitely he definitely, you know, fully supports you. And uh, what's the thing I'm thinking of, like claiming that you have truly helped project him forward. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, first and foremost, welcome, Marshall. Thank you for having me, brother, man. It's uh, it's an honor to be here. I know it's uh, special to be inside of your Forging Life group that you have on Facebook. I don't know if people are listening to the podcast right now, but if they're not in the group yet, you totally missed out on all the behind the scenes stuff because it was freaking awesome. But uh, dude, it's a pleasure to be here. It's an honor. Uh, I, this, is, dude, this is what I've been building my lifestyle around is just getting an opportunity to live my life without a schedule, without having to clock in somewhere or answer to this or look at that and then to be able to connect with people like you. So truly, uh, I, I, not to sound cliche, but feel blessed to be here, man. Hey, I truly appreciate it. You were one of the key fundamental people. I started this podcast um, back in October. I think it was October 28th of 2020. And January 1st is, I think, when we kicked off our very first uh, monthly mashup. And yeah, that was bringing right. what, what uh, uh, people, what guest speakers I've had yeah. on this podcast brought them together. And you were so kind to be able to actually jump on there and kind of host it for us. Yeah, and that was just awesome, really man. bring it to life because honestly, I had no clue how I was going to do yeah. it. And yeah. I, I met you on Clubhouse. That's yeah, how I met Yeah, through the you. house of the clubs, dude. That's right. Yep. <laughs> that's so, so funny. And the, the thing is, like, the world is so small. Like, we've had all these people that kind of have connected us, but we've yeah. never truly connected yeah. before that. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'm so appreciative for that. Dude, of course, man. And thank you so much for sharing that. But I think that's what, like, that's so powerful for people to hear about. Because October was, what, not that long ago. It was five, eight months ago, you, you were just kind of starting this whole podcast thing. And it's like, I don't know if the listeners today, if there's something in their heart or their head, they've been thinking about starting or wanting to do or wanting to try, but it's like, there's a lot of people that do have something in their heart and they never actually try it. They, they think of all these reasons and limitations and doubts. Well, this is why it won't work. It didn't work before. These friends told me this, my family told me that. And so I think it's cool because you just said that you kept showing up you weren't exactly clear, sure, what the picture was, but as you kept showing up, 
And as you kept surrounding yourself with the right people and being in the right rooms, the picture started to get clearer and clearer and clearer. And now here we are in May, you have a freaking branded t-shirt, launched your branded podcast in your branded group. And you're literally creating a resource, showing people how to set intentions, create clear goals and how to take them down. Like it's so simple to have more success in life, but nobody teaches you that because by and large, most of the society we are surrounded with day in and day out is this negative bunch. And it's not like that on purpose, like they didn't do that on purpose, but just that's how most of the world is right now. And so what you've created, man, like this is what I live for. I mean, I was a, I, I'm a retired bartender is what I tell people, right? Like I, I try, I attempted suicide in my early twenties, uh, multiple arrests, uh, multiple DUIs. I've been divorced, uh, battled mental illness, addiction, destructive behaviors, all these things. And it's like, I'm still the kid that was lying dead on the floor trying to overdose is the same guy that now gets to travel the world, stand on stage and help people use their story and their messages to find more hope. And so I know I, I am, it's very easy for me to tap back into that feeling of what it's like to get started. And so I'm not looking for a pat on the back myself. Like I don't give a shit, but the reason I love and have like love being able an opportunity to show up and kind of host that mashup that you had, it's because like, that's what's up. I'm like, this dude is out here doing it, man. Like he's out there doing it. And in the beginning in 2016, when I fully started this online journey of becoming Marshall live and building this brand, like nobody would help me. It, like everybody wanted to charge me a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand dollars, no matter what. And like nobody would just was willing to help me. Um, I know now that's because I wasn't in the right rooms with the right people. But uh, I think what you're doing is super. I think what you're doing is super important, man. So um, I appreciate that. I appreciate having the chance to come here, and I and I know there's so much value that people are going to get from being able to have an opportunity to see this. Absolutely. And one, you hit several different areas. And what this actually came from was I was I started my coaching business a couple of years ago, and I kept coming across people that was sitting there just talking about not being able to have the money. And maybe mm-hmm. that was me attracting those individuals, and that's okay. The thing is, I started at a, a starting point myself, which right. I didn't have the money. You know, I had to resort to the free things and figure out what I could do to build myself up. So I didn't want to just leave these individuals alone and say, sorry, man, good luck to you. And it, it truly bothered me that, um, you know, these people were reaching out wanting this help. So I said, okay, I can't sit here and always give all this free information because right. it does, it takes a lot of freaking time. And when it takes a lot of time, that means I'm not making money. And if I'm not making money, I can't support my, my family. So I said, I, I got to start this podcast. I, I finally, like I said, I, in October, that's why I said, okay, I'm, I'm kicking this off and started that just to be able to give back to those individuals. And from there, it's just steadily increased yeah. and progressed. Uh, so cool. like, like you said, with the, the branded t-shirt, the branded company, uh, the Forging Life podcast, the Forging Life Intention Setters. And, you know, we have this whole membership group every month. Right. They get that group coaching and uh, have that back office for these videos and things that are going on just right. to be able to help them grow themselves. So, but enough about me, man. So tell us, it, you know, Marshall Live, um, I, I love your story. It started out with you. You said that you're a retired bartender, <laughs> which realistically yeah. you, you started out in the street because nobody backed you up so tell us about yeah um, a little bit about uh who you are and where you came from and where you at yeah. today 
Yeah, man, it's uh wow. That's a uh, that's such a big question, right? Um, I'm 36 today. Uh, I it, today is day 114 of my sobriety. I uh, gave up drinking um, very randomly 114 days ago, uh, and I and in that 114 days, I've had a insanely uh, intense experience. And so uh, it's interesting because it's like the last eight years of my life, Trey, were all summed up and answered and figured out in the last 100 days. And it all started with my sobriety. And so it's very interesting time to, uh, you know, be here with you and in this group. Uh, it's only the second time I've ever, I've, I've been on a podcast or interviewed or done anything like publicly um, kind of since this experience. And uh, it's, when I think about my story, I'm here in Montana right now today. I'm literally in my car right now because my cabin where I live, I have internet, but it's not strong enough to get a streaming signal, audio or video. And so I always have to drive into town and find a, I come to the park and I have to come park and I have to, you know, use the internet. And so it's interesting because if you would have looked at my life, not that many years ago, it was such a polar opposite. I mean, it was just in 2019, I had been in public speaking now for five years at that point. Uh, I was in a luxury high rise downtown San Diego, 21st floor overlooking the freaking Pacific Ocean, man. I was known globally. I was traveling globally. I was making my clients millions and millions and millions of dollars. I was in the biggest circle speaking on stages with the biggest names in the industry. And where I come from in Illinois, I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, where I come from, we weren't taught that you can be anything you want to be. And we weren't told like to go for it. You know, we weren't taught any of that. And so in 2019, I would never forget, Trey, I used to host these monthly events in San Diego. We'd get like 100, 200 people uh, to come to these free events, just giving, helping people because I just loved the stage. And I will never forget, man, I came home, it was uh, uh, February of 2019. And earlier that day, my girlfriend of five years, she looked me dead in the eyes. We were having a lot of trouble. We probably should have broken up a long time before that. I don't know if any other entrepreneurs can relate to having troubles within the relationship, but my girlfriend and I had a lot of trouble, which is a whole nother story. And I'll never forget that day though. She looked me in the eye and she's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't want to be part of this event thing anymore. And I went and hosted this event. I had to labor through it because I just had this massive blowout with my girlfriend. And unfortunately, nothing against her. It was just us at the time. Every time I was on stage, I always just had a massive blowout right before I had to go up on stage and, and, and be all, you know, Marshall live. And so I'll never forget, dude, I came back from that event that night and I walked into my, my high rise and I'm floor to ceiling windows and I'm looking at this gorgeous sight. And I just broke down crying because it was like every single thing that I was taught to believe from where I came from, grow up and make a lot of money, go help a lot of people, get the girl, get the stuff get really well known, produce insane results, and it'll make you happy. And I realized in that moment that I had never been more unhappy or felt more like a failure or felt more disconnected from myself than I ever have in my entire life, including the year that I tried to kill myself. And so I think that's interesting, you know, to say, oh, what is your story now? Because you know what, Trey, I'm not even sure how to tell my story anymore. You know, I, I mean, I can talk about, oh, my dad left when I was two years old because he beat the hell out of my mom and he was an alcoholic or how my mom got remarried when I was four years old to a stepfather who was insane. Um, and he was told me I was a worthless piece of shit every day and how I was just a worthless Mexican and I'm so stupid and all these things, this, this traumatic experience. Meanwhile, Marshall goes out into 
you know, school and society. And I'm straight A student. I'm captain of all the teams, class presidents, homecoming king, uh, Mr. SHS. I'm, I'm all the things. And over time, what happens, and I know a lot of people can relate to this story, whether it's PTSD from a step parent or it's another traumatic experience. I'm not here to compare anybody's stories because our stories are all important to us. But the thing of it is, is I'm sure a lot of people can relate to not feeling like enough in their childhood some way or somehow. And for me, no matter how much success I had or how well I performed in everything, no matter how good I did, which I was always the best, I always had to be the best, no matter what, I could never get the people who I really wanted to care about me to fucking pay attention to me. I could never get my dad to call me on my birthday. I couldn't get Phil to just to throw the football around with me. Like it was always work, 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 work. You're never good enough. It's never good enough. And so I found myself into drugs and alcohol really early at 17, 18, got a full academic ride to go to college, only made it a semester until I dropped out. I'm actually a five-time college dropout now, which is funny because I make more money than all of my teachers. But, um, and that's, I'm not trying to flex. I'm just saying like, when you start to expand your mind and create a different awareness to, a, to another reality, everything can change. And like, again, that's not what they told me or taught me growing up. And so it's like, dude, I go to college, I drop out, my life falls apart. I'm heavily into drugs and alcohol. And finally at 23, I just said enough is enough. I was 2,100 miles away in my own apartment in San Diego, California. I knew nobody. I had an air mattress and a couple DVDs and a laptop. And I just said enough was enough, man. And I took a bunch of Xanax and a bunch of cocaine and a bunch of vodka. And I just was like, that's it. But it's interesting, dude, because when I did that, I'll never forget, dude, when I did that, I immediately regretted it. And I was terrified of dying. And I ran into the bathroom. I was trying to make myself puke, but I couldn't make myself puke. And I'll never forget looking myself in the mirror right there at Bannock. I'll never forget the freaking place. I can see it clear in my mind now. And the fear that I felt looking in my eyes that I was going to die. So I called my mom and uh, I just said, I'm sorry. This is what's going on. Like, I'm sorry. And she's screaming on the phone, you know, wake up, wake up as I'm passing out. Now, obviously I woke up the next morning and, um, I'll never forget how blessed I felt to be alive still. Now, here's the interesting thing, Trey, is that even knowing that how blessed I felt alive, I immediately replaced that gratitude with guilt, shame, uh, and embarrassment because of what I tried to do. I was like, dude, if anybody ever finds out who I was and then I tried to kill myself, well, Marshall's just going to be the biggest, most worthless joke. This whole time, I don't realize, I know now today, but I didn't realize the subconscious program is constantly running in the background telling me I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And I don't understand why I'm angry. Shit, I don't even know that I'm angry. I don't even realize that back then because I, I, there's no awareness to create that. And so this anger and this hurt and this pain and this unworthiness, it manifests after that into destruction. Like I have this stupid tattoo on my chest that says live fast, die fun because I didn't really want to kill myself anymore, but I didn't want to live anymore. And so I just thought, F it, like, I'm just going to live as recklessly as I possibly can. Now, it's interesting, dude, because about four years after that, um, a kid who I met a couple of years before, actually just, just after I had tried to uh, take my life, uh, I met this kid named Dustin. And four years later, Dustin was uh, where I was at. And he was struggling and he was uh, abusing pills and he was doing all kinds of crazy shit. And I'll never forget, I was 27 at the time. I get a phone call uh, in uh, March of 2000. Uh, and 14 and it's Dustin and I ignore it. I just 
sleep because I'm dealing with my own stuff still, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm in such fear and destruction and angst and survival mode and worry, which is where I spent most of my 36 years that I couldn't, I couldn't help my friend because I knew what he was calling for. Now it's interesting because this Dustin cat, dude, he's the first guy that ever said, I love you to me out of all my whole life. I think I was like 24, another man to say, just, I love you. And so Dustin opened my heart like I, I had never really experienced before. And he used to tell me all these really vulnerable stories. And so it's interesting because growing up as a farmer and as a blue collar guy and a man's man, like, dude, we don't talk about like, yo, I love you, bro. Or we don't talk about like being vulnerable or crying or any of these things. And so to watch this dude experience that, you know, I, I really intimately watched this guy struggle and I could relate to it so much. It hurt me. So when he called that night, dude, I was like, I can't answer that. I don't know what to say to him. And I was like, I'll call him tomorrow. Tomorrow turned into next week. Next week turned into a month. And then a month later, I get a call from his sister at 4.30 in the morning. And she says, Marshall, Dustin hanged himself last night. Um, he's dead. And it was the worst experience I'd ever had. Because again, I didn't know at the time, but I was subconsciously programmed to carry the guilt so I could assign judgment to myself. So I could always remind myself how worthless I am because my stepfather was no longer there to actually do it. And so I even took Dustin's experience and guilted myself for so long thinking, oh, you know, well, if I had told him my story, would I have saved his life? I know now that that was God's way of preparing me for the mission that I'm here to do today, but that's what started the whole thing when I was 27. And so from 27 until 2019, I worked on building this global business um, and I was just absolutely determined to have freedom. Even being a bartender, man, which I've worked every crappy job you can possibly imagine. I mean, the worst jobs, but I was a bartender always for a long time. And I was a full-time bartender the last five years before I finally was able to quit. And it was neat. I mean, dude, I worked like 25 hours a week in downtown San Diego, making like five grand cash. Like it was simple, but there was just something about having to clock in that I didn't want to do anymore. I was sick of working holidays. I, I had learned that if I could get more value for my time, then I could create more income and have more freedom. And that's when I discovered entrepreneurship. But the thing that was messed up in me is that because I was unhealed trauma on the inside, I overcompensated and thought I did the same thing that I always did, which I didn't realize. I tripled down in entrepreneurship thinking that if I made the money, had the stuff, built the thing, that it would make me happy because I was really seeking validation and acceptance because I couldn't validate and accept myself. And so it's interesting because in 2019, I came home, I, I had that feeling and I was like, this is not right. And I spent the next couple of months literally burning my life down. I burned down a billion dollar net. I would have done it different if I, had, if I could go back and do it different now, okay? I did it really loud and really disruptive on the way out, but I burnt down my billion dollar network. I built it, burnt down my uh, multi six figure business. I had built in just 18 months. I burnt down my relationship of five years. I left San Diego after 13 years. I got rid of everything. I lost all of my, I lost everything Trey in November of 2019. And it's funny because as a professional speaker, who's spoken on stage with some of the biggest speakers, all of our stories are the same which is why we get so much. I mean, there are different details. But it's always the same shit. Um, I came from nothing. I built it all up and then I lost it all. But you know what? It was the best thing that ever happened to me and I built it back up. So here I am on stage or in the crowd of all these speakers and I so naively and now looking back, frickin' dumb, dumb, stupidly. I remember telling myself, oh, I'm never gonna have to lose it all because I'm learning from my mentors that like how to avoid that. And I thought forever I was gonna like, I was like, I'll never lose it all. And finally, November, 2019, I lost it all. And I'll never forget. It was interesting, dude, because everything I was the most scared of, which was, I guess I was most scared that people were going to find out something I wasn't. 
And I don't think I was never really fake to anybody. I've always been very, probably too oversharing and very open and honest, always very publicly since I've started this brand, which is what I always promised. But I think that I, I looking back now, it's like, I, I just tried to be so much for so many other people because I was still never enough for myself. And so I took a look at my life in November, 2019, and I closed my eyes and I thought, what do I really, really, really actually want out of my life? Because if people are listening to this right now, like whatever your goal is, it can be whatever. It can be like a Lamborghini or money for, or a trip for your family or better health or whatever. But once you get the goal, what is the actual, why do you actually want that goal? What's the feeling that you actually want from that goal? And when I actually asked myself that question, there was literally only like four things I wanted my whole life. And when I closed my eyes and metaphorically looked at my house tray, it had like 4,000 things in it. And I was like, I don't need all of this stuff, all of the events I go to and the pictures I take and the elbows I rub and all the things I do to make money so I can be the best entrepreneur on top and do the most stuff. It just became too much, man. And I realized at the time I was, the whole four years that I was doing this, I guess I should say that I was extremely addicted to cocaine and alcohol. Um, the pressure would be so much that I could only make it every like three or four days before I'd have to go out and I would use I didn't know then, but I know now the reason that I did that is because when I was using, it was the only time I could ever be present. And in a world where my mind was always so cluttered, I could never be present. And it's interesting that I was using these drugs to do that. But anyways, I, I realized in November I had to change my life. And so I, I let go of everything. I moved to the middle of nowhere, Montana, and I've really taken the last like year and a half of my life. 2020 was excellent for me, not to discount or dismiss what anybody's gone through. And that, like I said, but for me, it was an excellent opportunity to, to just go introspective and really heal myself. And so now to be on this podcast after the last hundred days of my sobriety and now having everything I just talked about literally sum it up and I go, oh my God, like it all makes sense. And for the first time in my life, I just feel so like, um, sorry, there's some influencers in the wild spotted over here in the parking lot. There's these two pretty girls taking pictures next to the Range Rovers. I might have to put this on pause and go say what's up. Um, but um, it's arrived here now. It's like, I feel like, and I know, again, I think when we started this podcast, I said, if Marshall four years ago were listening to me right now, I would be like, okay, bro, go smoke another one and sit in the woods with the trees, you hippie. But legitimately at this point right now, I feel like I'm at this point where I'm, I'm able to really help people understand who they are and have these spiritual awakenings, but more importantly, how to quote unquote, like use the law of attraction to literally create their dream reality. And I said, I said fucking like 12 or 13 months ago on video live, I was like, you guys give me just a little bit more time and I'm going to show everybody how to master the law of attraction in 30 days. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then it organically just kind of came right back into my life, like just a couple, like a couple of weeks ago. And um, I was like, oh yeah. And so um, I, I, not a long story longer. I just, uh, that's been my story and my experience. And I just couldn't feel more blessed to have learned it all in 36 years. I'm going to live to be at least 120. So um, I have a long time to go still. I feel like a young pup getting to know all this wisdom, dude. <laughs> that's you know the the story itself it's it's wild to hear i i don't want to use the word amazing because i i tend to say that quite often um but it truly is it's it's wild that we go through so much crap and it's all about how we can end up overcoming that and for those of you that are hanging out with me on facebook and marshall on facebook right now i appreciate you being here uh you're on the inside portion because you're part of the forging life podcast group 
And um, I want to actually do a shout out to some of these people real quick. And then Heck I want to yeah. highlight into something you were talking about. So we had uh, Richard jumped on. Oh, what's up, Rich? And he said, my brothers, uh, we had James Felt, uh, James, James Feltz. He said, boom, right sh shit. Yeah, shit down. I always carry a three by five uh, note card to take notes. And he was referring go, to bro. before we actually kick this off about my battle wall my that's truck. going on. And um, I always carry a book with me. Same thing to be able to write stuff down because you never yeah. know. There's going to be some great information that all of a sudden you just receive and you download and you have nowhere to put it. So um, I, I love his comment there. Then uh, Nancy actually jumped on here. And up, she, she's asking a question. She's actually part of the Forging Life Intention Center VIP oh, membership. Let's go, so, Nancy. Uh, Nancy, thanks for jumping over here and uh, catching us live. What's she asked you, she said, Marshall, how did you get to do, uh, excuse me, Marshall, how did you get to, I do not care what people think of my past? Mm, that's an excellent question. And so um, I always jokingly say this, everything I learned about business, I learned in bartending. And so where I worked at, Nancy, to answer your question, and first off, Nancy, I, I, I real, like, really, I want to say congratulations on taking a chance and investing your time and energy to better yourself and to learn better from Trey. I think that's freaking amazing. So congratulations on being an action taker. Um, but to answer your question, Nancy, to anybody else, how did I learn to, to give up caring what anybody thinks? That's a really good question. And it took me a, a lot of years, Nancy, uh, up until literally probably just recently where I was finally truly let go, right? able to let go of judgment because a lot of people say they don't care and, and like we really don't but there's still part of you that really does and so uh it, it has been a, a a very long lesson i'll say however initially how i was like able to let it go and to really just get over it <clears throat> i was a bartender for like 12 years and it's not like 12 years for 12 years and uh in san diego the bar that i worked at downtown uh it was very busy and a, a lot of beautiful people would pass through and i worked with a lot of very beautiful women. And so I was the only guy that worked at this bar. And so what would happen is when people would come in, they didn't want the guy bartender to wait on, they wanted the, the girl bartenders to wait on them. And so what I would have to do is my job was based on tips. And so I had to figure out a way to get these guys to like me so I could freaking pay my bills. And what I realized in the way that it made sense to me in my head is that I had to disarm them before they had an opportunity to be upset with like, just, I don't know why the people didn't like me, the guys didn't like me. And so I would just build rapport with them. And what I started to understand, the more I built rapport is that I was able to frame and kind of stay in control of the conversation. And so instead of waiting for somebody to assume something about me, I just led with a good positive attitude. And that was something that literally seemed to work a lot. Now, this is the other thing too. That's part of the equation of like, okay, well, yeah, that that's how I kind of initially started. But the other thing was, is that when I started this whole thing online, they got even more intense, right? And so what I used to do when I was online is I would think the same thing. I'll lead with positivity. I'll be the type of guy that shows up and does his job every day, tries his hardest every day. And at the end of the day, Nancy, what I thought is that if I lead with positivity and I try to always put my best foot forward and I'm the type of dude that's showing up every day doing his job, meaning I'm constantly doing my research, I'm mastering my skills, I'm giving, I'm, I'm, I'm taking time for myself, like I'm showing up and doing my job then like, what else could you say about me? Like, if you're the type of person that wants to break me down for trying to make my life better when I'm trying every day, like, 
God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. But like, we're not the same people. And so I had to give up worrying about what those people think and start surrounding myself with a better crowd of people. And the more that I started to talk and share online, one of the main reasons I started to really open it up and share anything is because the last part of this question is that I thought if I just take away all the ammo that anybody could use against me, then nobody can hurt me. So I'm just going to talk about what it was like in this breakup. I'm just going to talk about what that failed business experience was like. I'm just going to talk about what that win was like. I'm just going to talk about this. So if I put my best foot forward and I'm the guy that shows up and does his job every day and I lead with authenticity, I'm like, nobody can say anything about me because I'm in integrity and alignment with myself. And so that's a long-winded answer to everything that I, like I do everything, but um, that, that's literally how I was able to overcome the, the judgment because working online for the last five years, lit Marshall live making video content every day about personal development and personal experiences. Like it's, it can be intense, dude. But like I said, I just have that thing where I'm like, there's a warrior inside of me and I'm, I'm showing up and doing my job every day. And I lead with authenticity and I love you and I will give you everything I have, but don't mistake my kindness for a weakness. And so we're all wired a little bit different, but Nancy, I hope that's a, a good enough answer. I hope that gives you some value and to the rest of the people too, obviously. Awesome. Great information. And if you're sitting here on Facebook right now, make sure if you're able to, to hit the share button, uh, hit the like button. If you have questions, yeah. let us know down below. Um, I'll try to sit here and watch it as we sit here and interview Marshall Gillen uh, today, who has uh, been a, just a, a major uh, friend and player within my life to help me really get myself to the next level. Because when you surround yourself, you don't always want to be at the bottom of the barrel. You want to continue mm -hmm. to raise the bar. And when you sit here and you have like-minded people, they're also reaching for the stars you're going to be able to get there a lot faster. So, 100%. and Marshall, uh, Marshall Gillen has definitely been one of those uh, key players for myself to include uh, some of the other people that we've already had on this podcast and yeah. getting back to you. I know for a fact, just because of um, our, our dedicated uh, time together uh, over and realistically, it's been what, eight months, maybe. Has it been I, that I long? Feel like it's, I feel like it's been, Longer, I don't think it's be been that long. With you, but really, uh, probably not. It may only be. I think it's been like February. I think it's been since February, dude. Because I wasn't really on Clubhouse until the end of January. Okay, so maybe that's what it was then. Isn't that but crazy, it, dude? It, it feels like a lifetime. It really does. I know it's. That's what happens when you connect with your tribe, though. When you find your kind of people, you just fall right in the sink, and it's literally like you've been knowing yourself, like knowing each other forever, man. I forgot we met on Clubhouse until you said that. I was like, oh, shit, we did. That's right. I was like, I feel like I've been knowing him for a minute. <laughs> and Nancy said, thank you for sharing. So, um, of course, Nancy. Nancy, thank you for being here, being a dedicated person. She also uh, has a lot of things going on for herself. Uh, she's getting a, a membership. Uh, she's into the, a lot of the spiritual things. And maybe yeah. somebody, uh, the two of you could link up together at some point, too, uh, because of just the like-mindedness, but getting back to you, right? You talked about your, your dad and how you just want to be loved and validated and you never were. It was always just pushing you harder. Yeah. And before I get into my question, one of the things that I tell people about is we have to remember that what we expect of people, um, it's not their expectations. Like what right. they think is valid or they're doing right may not be right to us, but it's right to them. So right. if it's important that I talk to my, I've said this before in the podcast, but 
if I feel it's important that I want to have that communication with my dad or that connection, I can't expect him to call me once a week. Mm. But I sure as crap can sit here and take charge of my life to make sure if it's important to me, then I reach out to him. Yes. Or whoever it might be, right? So mm. if not, we're just missing these opportunities. And you know, maybe he shows love in a different way. And it's not always by communication. I'll be honest with you. Uh, last year, when my son went down to Virginia Beach for the summer, I barely contacted him, but I thought about him all the time. I'm like, man, he's important to me. So uh, now that he's down in Virginia Beach, uh, preparing for the summer and preparing for us to move, uh, you know, we've already talked to each other and it's only been like two days. And yeah. the thing is, like, he was like, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm talking to you, dad. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I, I want to do the same thing. Like, it's my fault that I allowed myself to mm-hmm. not talk to you that time. So um, getting into you and your, your father. Now, what is your relationship like with mm. your father? Yeah, I, um, yeah I'll, I'll definitely love to answer that question. I just want to say real quick for anybody that's listening, just as a reminder, it's like your kids truly don't want anything from you, but your time and presence. Like that's all they want. And I know that all of you parents know that, but um, that's all it is. I mean, that's literally all it is. Even 20 minutes a day. I mean, just 20 solid minutes a day will literally change their life. And I know that 99% of parents are not trying to not be present with their kids. It's just there's so much on our plates that we, have not, we haven't taught ourselves or really held ourselves accountable to slowing down. But if you're listening to this podcast, this is just your daily reminder that's all your kid wants. And this is something that makes me emotional. And it's something that's very near and dear to my heart because of how I felt growing up you know, because my mom loved me so much and she is just the best mom that there ever was. And I don't even know what it must've been like. And I should probably have this conversation with her because she probably tried really, really hard to make me happy and feel, you know, loved. And uh, I just, I could never feel it because I just wanted a dad to be there. And I just, I'll never forget when I first, when I first met Phil growing up on the farm he, I wanted to be just like him. I wore the same flannels. I had the same plier holders and the same pliers and the boots and all the things. And, um, you know, for just like a little boy, like a five-year-old little boy or a six-year-old little boy, you know, to be screamed at and told how worthless you are, it just, it fucks you up, man, for a long time. But just, just the same is that, yeah, that's a sad story, but just not even being there fucks the kids up for a long time. Like, not hearing from your dad. And I'm not saying, I'm not making you feel guilty. I'm just saying, dude, like your kids don't want anything but your fucking time, you guys. And that's all, that's all, that's all it is. They don't want anything else than that. And so for me, you know, I, I know now at the age of 36 and being a self-help coach, like with what I do, it's like, I think the very most important thing that we all need to remember is that hurt people hurt people. That's it. It's never personal. I don't care what you say. It's not. Hurt people hurt people. And when I really take a step back and I think about how mean Phil was to me, and I've said this since I've been 10, everybody, mom, mom wanted to leave Phil. You know, my little sister's screaming about him and I'm in the backseat crying like he's not doing this on purpose, you guys, you know, and I didn't understand them, but I know now it's like hurt people hurt people. It's like that man doesn't wake up every day and want to fight, want to hate his life. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want to feel that disconnected. Nobody wants that. 
And so we've got to remember these people that are hurting us so bad. It's like, that's because they're hurting. And then we meet that with more anger and hurt. And it's a loop. And it's a loop that so many people stay stuck in. And it breaks my heart. And it's interesting because, and I think the reason that makes me so emotional right now is because in the last hundred days, and I know that you've seen this, but people that are watching the podcast may maybe haven't, you know, I met a girl on February 2nd. And I'd been single for like a year and a half, absent for like a year and a half. And I'm going to answer the question about how my relationship is with my dad, but I, I really want to tie into this. I met this girl um, February 2nd after I had this massive breakthrough with a coach and uh, randomly met this girl. And Trey, I met her exactly how I said I would eight months prior to my mom. I was like, I'm going to walk into a bar. I bet she drives this big black truck. She lives in Montana and she's all tatted up and blah, 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 blah. And I met this girl and her name was Leanne, my mom's name. Same, spelled the same way and everything. It was crazy, dude. I know now it's because like God has a sense of humor and I needed to learn a lesson that I hadn't learned yet. So I meet this girl and uh, things start moving pretty fast. And um, we both were aware that like, okay, we're adults. You know, we're like, oh, oh. we're like, we're, so, we're a little crazy moving so fast. But like, we were talking about getting married already and all this crazy stuff, dude. But the thing, the reason I bring this up is because she had two kids, a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old. And she had been dealing with addiction her whole life and a lot of trauma that she's only right now at the age of 40 starting to experience and understand. And she admittedly was a very absentee mother working all the time really abusing alcohol, partying a lot. And so for me, over those 100 days to be with those kids, just to kind of experience that and see that nobody's at blame here. And that's, I'm not telling the story to shame anybody. What I'm telling the story for is like, I rem to see what it's like for that 14 year old kid who has never seen his dad, doesn't know him. And to understand how he acts now, now and with me in the house, to see the 10 year old who never sees her dad, who, who has been left to an iPad. Again, this is not judging on anybody. We've also got to understand hurt people, hurt people. But the other thing we got to understand is that everybody is doing the best they possibly can at the level of consciousness that they have. So a bad example, but a good example is like Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Like, yeah, he was nuts and did a bunch of terrible stuff, but in his mind, in his reality, he was just holding it together the best that he could. And so what I'm saying is we're all trying to do the best that we can. And so what I've got to remember and all parents have got to remember is like, look, I don't know who you've been or what you've done leading up to this point, but the opportunity and decision to change is you can make it instantly. And the simplest thing to do is to call your boat, call your own. That's literally what I just told Nancy, call yourself on your own shit to your kids, apologize for not understanding and seeing how it went and promise that you're going to do better. And then all you have to do is just show up and give them some time. And so I thought I was going to hate my real dad forever. Cause I never saw him. And when I, when I turned 16, I started driving down to his house every now and then. And he was always drunk. And then I would get drunk and talk shit to him and scream and yell at him. Cause I was so angry, mad. And I did this for a few years. till I moved to California when I was 21 and I just didn't see him or talk to him for literally years. And then Dustin passed away when I was 27. And my dad called me about a month after that, which is the universe was weird. It's funny, but uh, my dad called me about a year, about a month after that. And he said that, um, he was dying of uh, failure of the cirrhosis of the liver and he had to stop drinking immediately and that he had been stopped drinking for about a month. And I hung up the phone. I didn't have a relationship with my dad. Uh, I'll never forget where I was at. And I dropped my knees and started crying. My then girlfriend was like, what's going on? I said, my dad quit drinking. I, I wasn't even sad that he was dying. I just couldn't believe that he quit drinking. I was so proud of him. 
And I said to her, I said, if my dad can quit drinking, I can start my own business. And that's literally, that is the spark that started this whole thing from was my dad quitting drinking. And so that was the first moment that I decided maybe I should kind of give my dad another chance someday. And a year after that, I went back to Illinois and I ended up taking a four hour car ride, car ride with my dad. And I just remember watching and my mom came with too, which was a massive thing because they've been divorced for a very long time and they're good friends, but he was an alcoholic, whatever. And for the first time, I'll never forget, I was driving home and I kept seeing my dad in the rearview mirror and I was watching him laugh and tell jokes. And I saw myself in him so much and I'd never known my dad sober. I'd never known, my, I'd never had a real conversation with my dad. And so uh, now, four years after that moment, uh, we're, we're like best friends. I talk to him all the time. And um, when I'm in Illinois, I go to his house and I stay there with him and we just hang out and talk all the time. And just like, it's the coolest relationship in the world. Um, and it's because he, my father took the initiative, which he was dying. So he had to, we didn't have to, but he, he took the initiative to be like, I fucked up. I, I wasn't the dad I wanted to be. And so for all you parents out there, like I can't even imagine how hard that must've been for the dad. And I tried to help my now ex-girlfriend. Uh, we didn't last too long. Um, I tried to help her realize the same thing that if you can just say you're sorry to your kids, you have no idea how massive an impact that'll make and then just show up. It changes their life because it changed my life. My dad did that for me. Finally, it changed my life. Now, Phil, on the other hand, that poor guy, um, he is never going to change his ways and he is still a massive problem to my family to this day. But um, you win some and you lose some. The idea is that we have to reconcile these things and let go of the attachment or the meaning or the judgment or the identity that we assign to them and understand if you have the faith in a higher source, God, you know, a creator, it's that, look, all this, there's a reason for the season, you know, all of these things, I believe that, you know, God is just using all these things to prepare the blessings for me that I've asked for. And it's like, why do these, these challenging things sometimes happen, whether it's relationship or business or whatever challenge it is in life, it's because the person that you are right now couldn't handle the blessings that you're asking for. And so you're constantly tested by the universe to become that person. So you can get into a frequency that allows it to come into your life. My real dad decided he wanted to have a relationship with his son. My stepdad never did. And so that's kind of how that, that is tied up. And I have come to grips with like, I'm cool with it either way. And I've let go of, I forgive Phil. I love him. Like, I love that man. He did a lot for me. I want to punch him in the face 110% of the time, but I do, I really truly, truly do love him. And I just, I, he's not part of my life because we don't energetically, we don't work well, but I'm not going to hold a grudge anymore because I've been angry for most of my life and I'm tired of being angry. Thank you for taking the time and listening to this podcast. If you're enjoying the Forging Life podcast, I ask you this. Take a moment and head over and rate this podcast. If you're listening to it on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you enjoy the most, please just take a moment so that way it will help get this episode or episodes into the ears of somebody else. And if you would like to join the discussion, make sure you head over to the Facebook page, Forging Life Podcast, and join us there.